Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 118 of We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining me. As part of Colon Cancer Awareness Month, we have actually two guests this week on the show. First is Dr. Kimmy Ng. Dr. Ng is a gastrointestinal oncologist and the director of clinical research at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. She's going to talk to us today about young onset colorectal cancer. And last week, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is the first institute that has opened a young onset colorectal cancer center specifically focused on this very important and very concerning trend in the growth of colorectal cancer in young people. In addition, I have Pat Beauregard. Pat is a patient of Dr. Ng's talking about uh, his experience as a young onset survivor and his experience as a patient at Dana-Farber. So join me now for my conversation with Dr. Ng and Pat Beauregard. Dr. Ng, Pat, thank you so much for joining me on We Have Cancer. How are you both doing this evening? Doing well. It's great to be here. Great. Thank you, Lee. So, Dr. Ng, over the years I've been doing this podcast, I've had the opportunity to speak to dozens of young onset colorectal cancer patients and have learned about the frustrations and the struggles and your experiences but you're the first medical professional that I've had the opportunity to speak to who is focused on this issue at the level that you are. So talk to me about what the work you're doing and how you got involved in this. Sure. So I am a medical oncologist at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and specialize in the care of patients with gastrointestinal malignancies. My research interest has always been around colorectal cancer and trying to identify new treatments and understanding biology and risk factors that may lead to a better outcome in patients who have this disease. And I would say that my interest in the entity of young onset colorectal cancer really started when I started seeing just more and more patients come in through my door who were less than 50 years old, who were coming in with advanced stages of colorectal cancer, and who were otherwise healthy. There were no obvious risk factors. They followed a healthy diet. They were active. They were not obese, yet they were coming down with this disease. And if you ask me, the one question that does haunt me really is, why are these otherwise healthy young people getting colorectal cancer? And so my patients are what inspired me to start this center for young onset colorectal cancer that's dedicated to understanding why this is happening and to taking better care of patients who are young and struggling with this cancer. Has that center officially opened? 
The center is launching next week, and there will be a lot of media around it to hopefully explain our goal and our mission. And I think it's timely because March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. So I think it'll be a very good time to let people know that we're here to help and to partner with them to try and understand why this is happening. Perfect. Pat, how did you come to get connected with, with Kimmy Ng? I was actually connected with Dr. Ng through my father, who's a physician. Um, when I was first diagnosed, I was through another hospital organization called Tufts Medical Center. However, my father helped me out with getting some, some second and third opinions when I was first diagnosed. And when I met with Dr. Ng and the team at Dana-Farber, I felt very comfortable. I felt hopeful. And obviously, the the work that they do there, their reputation precedes themselves at the at Dana Farber there, and I, I can't say enough good things about my experience there thus far. That's terrific. How old were you when you were diagnosed? I was diagnosed at age 29 in September of 2017. Wow. And what stage was your diagnosis, and what's your treatment been so far? I was diagnosed stage four colon cancer, initially. There was some hope when they first saw my primary tumor in my sigmoid colon, they thought it was very localized, thought that it hadn't spread and they took out 25 lymph nodes and they were all came back negative for cancer. So I was, I was quite hopeful at first. However, then they, they decided to do a CT scan of my chest just to check. And that's when they did see several lung nodules, which they at that time obviously suspected that that was metastases from, from the colon tumor. Mm-hmm. I see. Dr. Ng, do you, what do you notice in terms, is there a commonality amongst these young patients that you see in terms of either their pathology or their stage or the location of the tumors? That's a great question. It seems clear that many more young people who have colorectal cancer get diagnosed at a later stage. And I think a report of uh, a survey of thousands of young onset colorectal cancer patients recently from the Colorectal Cancer Alliance showed that 70% of young colorectal cancer patients get diagnosed at stage three or four. And that percentage is much higher than older folks who come down with this cancer. And part of that is that physicians and people on the front line of medical care don't necessarily associate the symptoms that happen with colon cancer in young individuals. And so there is a huge delay in diagnosis leading to a later stage when it is ultimately found. The other issue is that I think young people often also don't realize that their symptoms might be due to colon cancer. And so they often take a little bit longer to present to medical attention to get work up for their symptoms. Is it split down the middle, typically colon versus rectal or no? That's another great question. And interestingly, most of the young onset colorectal cancer patients have tumors on the left side of the colon. And the majority are actually rectal cancers. And it's not clear right now why that is. Why is it that almost all of the cancers diagnosed in young folks are on the left side? And that's part of uh, the research that we're trying to do to understand those differences. Talk to me more about uh, what, what the focus of the center is and what are the key things that you're focusing on. So our Young Onset Colorectal Cancer Center is among the first of its kind in the country. 
And we really feel that young patients with colorectal cancer need a dedicated center to take care of not only their cancer, but their whole, their whole person and their whole family. And so we are taking a three-pronged approach to taking care of these patients. The first, we want to provide the best, most expert multidisciplinary care. And a huge component of that is to provide personalized care. So every patient who comes to our center who's under the age of 50 with colon or rectal cancer will have their tumor sequenced so that we understand what the genetic abnormalities are in their cancer. That report will be reviewed by a multidisciplinary tumor board who will come up with personalized treatment recommendations based on the unique genetic profile of each patient so that it really is a precision medicine approach and a report of recommendations, which may include clinical trials and other research studies, will be returned to the oncologist to share with the patient and to help guide management. The second part of our mission is really around research. We want to partner with young onset patients to hopefully learn more about why it happened and understand and discover new ways to prevent, to screen, and to treat this. So we hope that patients will come and consent to participate in some of the research studies we have going on, which will look at everything from diet and lifestyle to the microbiome to the immune system, studying tumors, blood samples, stool samples. It really is going to be a comprehensive study so that we can be sure to get to the bottom of why this is happening. And then the third, but not least important, of course, is to raise awareness. So we need to get out the word that this is a real problem and it's a rising and growing problem. And so it need, there needs to be more awareness around the fact that colon cancer can happen in young folks and hopefully people will get medical attention for symptoms sooner and more people will get screened. Pat, were you aware of colon cancer before your diagnosis? To be honest, no, I, I really was not. I think that this center and raising awareness is so important because you typically, often you hear of the big, the big ones, breast cancer, lung cancer, brain cancer, but to be honest with you, I really hadn't heard much of anything colorectal cancer before it happened to me. So I think that this is definitely extremely important and vital and necessary. How did you come to be diagnosed? Um, for me, it was extremely sudden. I had just gotten married a month before. I went away on a honeymoon, came back, back to work for about two weeks. And uh, just an everyday, just an, you know, an any day, typical day at work ended. And I had severe stomach pains just out of nowhere. You know, I kind of I thought maybe I was just constipated, backed up, whatever, but then the pain didn't go away. I waited another day, tried to tough it out, and I eventually found my way in the emergency room, and, and that's, that's how it happened for me. What was your initial reaction when you heard those words? Obviously, complete shock, but also denial at first because, again, I was one of those people, like Dr. Ng said, I kind of checked every box that said that I would never get something like this. And when you're so young and you're, you're fit and you're just going through life, you, that's never something that you would think about. So when it was, it was told to me, it was, I've said this before, but it, it, it was the most crushing weight I've ever felt when I was first given that news. And I know obviously anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer can, can understand and relate to that. And what's the status of your health right now, Pat? I'm doing quite well. Um, I've, I've completed now 32 rounds of of chemotherapy. And now I'm looking to start a, a new clinical trial 
sometime in the very near future. But my health overall has been has been very well. Glad to hear it. Dr. Ng, you know, Pat mentioned awareness. You talked extensively about awareness really on two fronts. The doctors not expecting to see this disease in young people and young people kind of being in denial for a number of reasons and and not uh, presenting to the medical staff uh, as early as they often should. What are your thoughts on um, changing the perception on the medical community side to be more quick to check for and react to colorectal cancer in young people? I think it's very important to try and do that. And I am hoping to partner with our primary care physician colleagues and referral base in the community, as well as gastroenterologists, to really raise awareness that this is a growing problem. I think a good first step was the American Cancer Society putting out new guidelines that the screening age should be lowered from 50 to 45. And I know right now that they're the only society that has recommended changing the age of screening to 45, but I'm hoping that as as people become more aware that this trend is expected to continue to rise over the next uh, few decades, that other societies will eventually also change their guidelines. Even starting at age 45, we are missing a lot of young people like, like Pat, uh, who developed this cancer at a much earlier age. And so it is of critical importance to get out there and really inform people that this is a real trend. I know, I understand, you know, that we're going to be focusing on on trying to figure out what the cause of this sudden rise in young onset, you know, where it's coming from. Are there suspicions that uh, we're going to be specifically focused on, on areas that the medical community thinks might be the issue? We do have some hypotheses. We know that the vast majority of patients with colon and rectal cancer under the age of 50 do not have a family history or a genetic syndrome that would predispose them to get this cancer. And so much of the focus is on what the environmental factors are that might have led to this rise. And so our suspicions are focused on diet and lifestyle, the increasing rates of sedentary activity now in later generations, the rising rates of obesity that seem to be have paralleled the rise in colorectal cancer in young folks and how all of these factors may perhaps influence the microbiome, which is the community of trillions of microorganisms that are living in our gut that we do think are important towards contributing to colon cancer development and how all of that interacts to affect the immune system, which might be playing a very important role in why this is happening. So we're hoping to collect diet and lifestyle data blood, tumor, stool samples, clinical information from young patients as well as older patients and healthy people so that we can really do some cross-people comparisons to understand what are the unique factors that are present in the young folks who do get this cancer. Pat, how would you describe your lifestyle before you were diagnosed? Again, so this was a complete shock to me because I was, I was serving in the military I was always a huge fan of sports and working out. Uh, so I was very fit, athletic, active. And I, I like to think that I had a, a pretty good diet, probably better than 95% of Americans. Um, so again, it was, it was a very, uh, quite a shock for me. I gotcha. 
Be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to learn how you can get your rear in gear. Dr. Ring, is it possible, is this is one of the hypotheses that's going to be pursued, changes in how we produce our food? Possibly. There's more and more data that processed foods, for instance, are probably not the best thing to be ingesting. And that pertains not just to cancer, but to a variety of other chronic illnesses. We have done a lot of research on diet and lifestyle for colon cancer patients overall, regardless of age. And we do find that following a more natural plant-based diet, more of a Mediterranean pattern diet, seems to be beneficial in terms of preventing recurrence and improving how long people live. So I do think that that's definitely important and hopefully we will be delving into that much more deeply. What is the short and long-term goals for the new young onset colorectal cancer at Dana-Farber? The short-term goals are really to let people know that we're here to help them and that this is an area that deserves special attention. While anyone diagnosed with colorectal cancer faces something very challenging, we want to be able to better address the unique difficulties that younger people might face, that older individuals may not be going through the same thing in regards to thinking about starting a family or sexual health or you know impact on careers that might just be starting or starting school. So we hope to make an immediate impact on patients' cancer experience and journey in the short term. But the long-term goal really is to get as many patients to partner with us as possible to help us in the research. Because I, I think Pat has alluded to this, one of the biggest things is not knowing why this happened. Um, and if we just knew what the risk factors were, we can devise and innovate around new ways to prevent, screen, and detect earlier. Yeah, that makes so much sense. You know, it's just so frustrating just to, just to see just so many young people go through this process and, you know, either their lack of awareness or their medical community's lack of awareness has uh, led to these late-stage diagnoses. Pat, when were you, uh, you said you were diagnosed at 29. How long ago was that? Just about a year and a half ago. Gotcha. Okay. As you look back from where you are today to back then, what questions had you wish you asked earlier? That's a good question. I, again, so many people have asked me, you know, were there any warning signs? Did you have any symptoms before any of this happened? And I almost wish that I did. But again, the most frustrating thing for me is that I can't think of anything, you know, prior to my, my severe stomach pains out of the blue that would have, you know, prompted me to question anything about my health. So again, I think that's the most frustrating thing for me is not knowing what caused this. I'm a very, I don't know, I'm, I was an intelligence specialist in the Marines. So I like to kind of gather knowledge and understand, you know, the kind of the problem in front of me so I can better address it. But unfortunately, in this case, we don't know. So it, it's frustrating in mm. that sense. What's, what's interesting about your story versus so many of the others that I've interviewed is most of the folks with young onset, there was a long time frame. Either they waited to get checked out or they had doctors telling them, no, it's nothing, go home, it's hemorrhoids, that kind of thing. That doesn't sound like it was the case for you. You had symptoms. As soon as you had a symptom, uh, you went and got checked and boom, you're stage four. 
That's correct. But also, I know we touched on it a little bit. I think there still is, despite these insane numbers of rising, you know, patients with our young adults with colorectal cancer, even if I, to be honest with you, even if I had symptoms leading up to this, I probably would have been in denial too and said, there's no way that this could be the case. And a couple, just a short story, a couple concrete examples of that. I think on, again, both sides of the aisle in the medical community and both civilians and patients, I think, don't even think about this. When I was first diagnosed, I went to the ER. I was a split second away from being discharged and handed some anti-constipation medication because they were also in denial saying there's no way that this can be the case. And then also, I actually have a very good friend who just recently reached out to me. He was having some gastrointestinal issues and he went to his physician and he just happened to mention my story, kind of my journey and the physician almost immediately dismissed that and was like, no, you're too young, you're active, you're healthy. There's no way that can be the case, which again, I, I, I think on both sides of the aisle, both in the medical community, but also the patients, uh, you don't really think that this could be the case. I, I know I was, I was probably in the best shape of my life leading up to my diagnosis. I was again, getting married. So I was preparing for a wedding. I thought there's no way that I have this cancer in my body and I didn't know about it this whole time. Wow. Dr. Ng, what do you see in terms of folks like Pat who come to you and you have a guy like Pat who's so physically fit versus someone who may not be quite at that level in terms of how they're able to handle the the treatments that they face? So it is absolutely so important that patients who are younger are often in better shape and more robust because it means that you can offer them the very most aggressive chemotherapy. And so when we look at a patient and decide what is the best treatment for them that will not only help their cancer but not cause too many side effects and cause them to be too sick, you look at how active they are at baseline, even with the cancer. And with someone like Pat, who was completely healthy and completely active, it makes it that much easier for us to have many different options open. And so for Pat, we offered the most aggressive combination chemotherapy that there was because I knew that he could he could handle it given what good shape he was in beforehand. And I think that he brought up a really good point. I don't think it's the fault of the medical community or patients in not necessarily recognizing that their symptoms may be due to colon cancer because all these symptoms are so nonspecific. You know, abdominal pain has so many different causes. Bleeding in the stool could be due to hemorrhoids. I mean, there are so many explanations that are much more common in young people in general uh, to explain away these symptoms that I don't think it's necessarily the fault of the physicians or the patients, but it's a matter of increasing awareness that this actually is a possibility and that it should at least be on the differential diagnosis. That makes sense. That makes sense. So what message do you have? I'm going to, this question is going to go to both of you. Maybe Dr. Ring, you can answer first in terms of how you would like to see, especially the younger community, change their lifestyle in terms of diet and exercise to try to minimize the likelihood of, of being diagnosed with a colorectal cancer? So the advice we usually give is what we've already touched on. And clearly it doesn't explain the whole thing because we see so many young patients who already are doing all these healthy behaviors. So 
following a very healthy diet, maintaining a normal body weight, exercising and being active as much as possible. We have data that uh, maintaining vitamin D levels may be helpful, although that all of this is still under study. And while obesity and sedentary behavior have been published as risk factors for young onset, it's not just that. And there is something else going on because people like Pat are developing stage four colorectal cancer with no symptoms beforehand. So that's why it is so important that we have this center and really start a big research effort to bring together the best minds um, in our cancer center and our scientific community to tackle this problem. Pat, any words of advice for young people who might listen to this, who they themselves or uh, you know someone they love may have recently come down with this diagnosis? I would say one to definitely arm yourself with as much knowledge as you can. I think in the age of technology Sorry, now, it can, be, sure. it can be a little difficult because there's almost a wealth of knowledge. Sometimes it can be too much. You venture down that rabbit hole and you're into things that uh, may not necessarily be true or accurate, but there's a lot of good information out there. And, and two, the biggest thing for me, you, you got to remain positive uh, throughout this <laughs> throughout this journey. You got to laugh when you can. And having your support system of family and friends or whoever or your faith, whatever you want to fall back on, I think can be more powerful than any chemotherapy regimen or radiation regimen that you can be on. That's great advice. I'll start with you, Pat. Where can people connect with you online? Um, I am on Facebook, on Instagram. I try to share my story as often as I can. I, I like to try to be an advocate and again, try to at least bring some some positivity and some awareness out of this tough journey I'm on. How do people find you on Instagram? My handle is at PBO15. Okay, I'll be sure to include that in the show notes of this episode on wehavecancershow.com. Dr. Ng, where can folks get more information on the new center and perhaps connect with you? So our website will have a webpage dedicated to the center, and I believe it's www.dana-farber.org slash youngcrc. I can double check on that to get you the exact URL. And there will also be an email address where patients can reach us if they want more information. And that's youngcrc at dfci.harvard.edu. Sounds good. I will include all of this again in the show notes at the wehavecancershow.com website. Pat, Dr. Ng, thank you so much for the generosity of your time and covering such an important, important topic as we head into the big month of March, Colon Cancer Awareness Month. I know I'll be wearing my blue to work tomorrow. I'm sure you guys will be dressed in blue as well, doing what we can to raise awareness. And I'm very excited for the launch of the new center just coming up here first week of March. And Pat, I want to wish you all the best of most importantly, uh, above all else, you know, continued improvement in your health as things progress. And I just want you to have all the best. Thank you very much. You as well, Lee. Thank you for this opportunity. Dr. Ng, thank you for your time as well. Thank you so much for having me on. Colon Cancer Coalition has a number of exciting events taking place across the country. 
Coming up on March 23rd for NBA basketball fans, fans of the Portland Trailblazers, they are having colon cancer awareness night during their game against the Detroit Pistons again on Saturday, March 23rd. Coming up on Sunday, March 24th in Philadelphia at the Memorial Hall, Please Touch Museum is the Get Your Rear and Gear 4-Mile Run, 2-Mile Walk, and Kids Fun Run. On March 27th, that is a Wednesday night for our friends in Duluth, Minnesota, is Beers for Rears, a community fundraising benefiting the Colon Cancer Coalition. That's taking place at Bent Paddle Brewing Company Tap Room in Duluth, Minnesota. On Saturday, March 30th, is the Get Your Rear and Gear event taking place at two locations in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina at Independence Park and Asheville, North Carolina at Carrier Park Shelter. And on Sunday, March 31st, is a virtual run-walk event for our friends in Baton Rouge. And really, anywhere you want to be, do a 5K on your own time and in your own way between now and March 31st. Share the information online, and this is a great opportunity to fundraise for the Colon Cancer Coalition in your own community. Also on March 31st is the Jeepers Against Colon Cancer event for our friends in Export, Pennsylvania. This is taking place at Rick's Sports Bar and Grill on William Penn Highway. For information on these and all of the other Colon Cancer Coalition events coming up, visit the Colon Cancer Coalition website at coloncancercoalition.org forward slash events. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer, and thank you to our sponsor, the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. You can subscribe to We Have Cancer by visiting Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. And you can find us on social media by visiting our Facebook page at We Have Cancer Show and at We Have Cancer Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.